Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Andy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, we are about a month out, Amy. I think uh, today we're recording this and dropping this on the 11th of May. We are one month tomorrow from the start of the 2018 SBC annual meeting. It's amazing. Four weeks from today, I'll be getting uh, my suitcase together and flying uh, flying down Friday evening. It is um, incredible that it is almost here. And I tell you, every year we see things really uh, get started in the months be- before a lot of things going on, and this is no different. We have a ton of stories. Yeah, I um, tweeted out this week. A lot of people got a kick out of the uh, the picture from Hawaii of the guy standing there trying to stop the lava, like yeah, the, the force. That was funny. And it was like, this is me with SBC News in May and June yes. every year. Yes, it's because- coming at you, and you're like, I can't, I just can't. And it hits um, all at this same time as we have graduation this week, and. I have an eighth grader, so we have a lot of eighth grade, you know, end of the year things. So all this stuff is is going on, and the news cycle just doesn't quit. It does not. You're speaking of graduation, also graduation this week at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary up in Louisville, Kentucky, where they are committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs at Southern by visiting sbts.edu. I want to thank them again for everything they do for the podcast had them on board uh, now for about a year i guess amy yeah uh, and, been sponsoring and, the podcast. and i want to say hats off to you as somebody who uh, does marketing for a seminary they should really appreciate your segues every week uh into that I little try. thing it is so good it's so good you just i should start trying to throw out a different topic every every week and just see how you can get it to thanks to our sponsor that may be a new game I, I don't know if I want to play that game. Yeah. But I, I like the easy segues. Those right. are always fun. Right. Graduation was so. a pretty simple one. I'll think about it this week. I'll see if I can But if you do something, something. You do something wild, I'll say, Amy, that's crazy. You know what's not crazy? <laughs> Going to Southern. Yeah. So that'll yes. be my, my uh, you know, like the ace in the hole I've got. Right. That's so, true. All right. Speaking of seminaries, let's jump into this. Uh, Southwestern Seminary lead story last week. Lead story again this week after yesterday's apology was released by Dr. Paige Patterson. Just a week after telling a reporter from the Washington Post that he had nothing to apologize for, uh, Dr. Patterson released a statement entitled, An Apology to God's People. He said that a pastoral ministry that occurred 54 years ago repeated as an illustration in sermons on more than one occasion, as well as another sermon illustration used to try to explain a Hebrew word, uh, bana, which is built or construct, uh, have obviously been hurtful to women in several possible ways. He wishes to apologize to every woman who has been wounded by anything he said that was inappropriate or that lacked clarity. Uh, he continues, We live in a world of hurt and sorrow, and the last thing that I need to do is to add to anyone's heartache. Please forgive the failure to be as thoughtful and careful in my extemporaneous expression as I should have been. I would also like to reiterate the simple truth that I utterly reject in any form of abuse in demeaning or threatening talk in physical blows, or in forced sexual acts. There is no excuse for anyone to use intemperate language or to attempt to injure another person. The spirit of Christ is one of comfort, kindness, encouragement, truth, and grace, and that is what I desire my voice always to be. To all people, I offer my apology, but especially to women, to the family of Southern Baptists, my friends in the churches, 
I sincerely pray that somehow this apology will show my heart and may strengthen you in the love and graciousness of Christ. Amy, the apology comes on the heels of uh, a pair of letters released this past week, uh, one by women, which has garnered over 3,000 signatures, uh, one by a group of men with uh, a few hundred signatures, both taking issue with the words uh, that were apologized for in the statement. It's been an interesting season the last couple of weeks. I'll just say that you and I talked a little bit about this last week and some of the things that really shed light on. I don't know about you. I don't know about our listeners out there. I have not slept well through all of this. I think this is a um, has been a time of of real just heightened anxiety. I would I would say uh, because this has just been such a difficult situation and and. It is a continuing conversation because one thing I want to say about uh, yesterday is sometimes we can, uh, sometimes people can can see something like this and say, okay, we're done now. Thank you. And let's move on. And one thing I felt yesterday was that this statement, when it dropped, which I did not expect, I think it's a step in a conversation that has begun to open up Um with just several several posts and maybe a little bit more um, transparency by uh, some women who just saying this is this is our experience, and I resonated with a lot of that. I don't know a single. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. I don't know a single woman in the Southern Baptist Convention that has not uh, had situations where uh, you know. Some either either being you know dismissed or inappropriate comments, things like that, and we navigate it as best we can. But this was sort of a, a almost a burden being lifted to say, "Hey, this actually is the reality." And so, I think we are having a conversation we've not had before, and that's kind of how I saw that. Is that's a that's a step in in this to to be a bit more uh, straightforward about that. Yeah, and I, I think this is something that I've learned personally throughout the entire kind of exposure of the Me Too movement mm-hmm. is that I, I didn't realize how ubiquitous this was for women. Right. You know, the the experiences women have versus what men have, uh, especially when it comes just to maybe harassing language or things like that. There was an audio clip from another pastor that you sent me last week that I didn't really, it, I've heard it so much that it really didn't register anything. But you being a woman and the different experiences that you've had, Richard, is completely different. Yeah. So just little things like that that I don't really pick up on as a guy that you do as a girl. Um, and, you know, it's just it, – it, this is educational for me. Right. And and here's the thing. It, it's one of those deals that sometimes all of us have things said to us that seem kind of out of line or or, you know, disrespectful in different ways. And we have to figure out how to deal with those things and move on. Um, there's a moment that can happen though when that just to 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 explain that's one reason that the the statement will be me too because when we're put in situations uh, that can be difficult, particularly situations where something might be inappropriate, we don't want to say anything, and so you kind of carry this around because you start to think, is it just me? Is that you know what? Why did that? Why was that said to me? Why did I experience that? And then when you begin to, to talk and you learn, oh no, you know, that, that was said to this person too. And sometimes you can, you know, you can experience where you learn that maybe, maybe one, uh, individual or something has said, uh, 
has said something. I, I've I've learned that that certain people one one situation years and years ago and and stuff. So this it's not not anything to be, but oh, it's been over a decade. But learn that that there was a similar you know pattern of conversation that no one knew because we weren't talking to each other about it. Um, and I I think there's something to let sink in that whether it's done in a humor, whether it's done in, you know, just sort of a a habit of how we talk to each other, um, our words matter. And, um, and, and we've, we've got to figure out how to move forward now that we know this. I think that's where we are. So a lot of times when these types of things happen, we want to just sort of end it and move on. But I think I think there is is something we have to take away from it, and that's where we are right now. I believe processing that and, and seeing what's next. And, and speaking of moving forward, what's next really for Southwestern trustees is a special called board meeting on May the twenty second. That is uh, about ten days away. That'll be held on campus at Fort Worth. Uh, on the uh, this campus of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary at 1.30 p.m. They announced that this past Sunday, a special Sunday release, Amy. Um, that's yeah. two Sundays in a row we've had releases uh, from Southwestern. Um, so we will uh, keep an eye on that. Please be in prayer for your trustees, for the administration, and the faculty at Southwestern. Uh, I can't imagine the turbulent time that uh, the faculty have been through over the last couple of weeks. So um, they are uh, on a much-needed break right now between semesters, and uh, we will continue to pray for everybody involved in this story, and we will bring you all the news on that special called trustee meeting on May the 22nd. All right, over to Kentucky. Big news out of this one, Amy. We've we've talked about the CBF affiliations with uh, the BGCT and the BGAV in Texas and Virginia respectively. Uh, The Kentucky board uh, passed a recommendation this week that churches making financial contributions to the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship are no longer considered to be in cooperation with the Kentucky Baptist Convention. Yeah, well, we've been waiting for this, haven't we? We have. For the first state to do this. this. I mean, I knew they had talked about it. I don't know if we were waiting on this, though. I mean, this is uh, the first big step that we've seen uh, no, I just mean we we were waiting, expecting that this would happen in a state at some point. Like this yes, is gonna, I guess this so, is gonna yeah. come. That's what I mean. I wasn't looking at you know looking at you, Kentucky, or anything, but just we we've we've thought when uh, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship sort of made their announcement as to where they were on this, we thought this will will probably come. And we have state conventions that do not, you know, particularly like SBCV and, and things like that, that that don't have this situation. But particularly some of these older ones, they do have churches that are duly aligned. Yeah, well, you remember they passed a motion last fall to allow the uh, the credentials committee to monitor the situation. So this is kind of the overflow of that. I mean, if you think back to the the November meeting by the KBC, this is something that, that was kind of on their radar. So I guess it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. I didn't expect it, you know, when it came. But at the same time, right? You know, they have uh, they've they've stepped out and they're leading on this and saying, "Look, you you're going to support us. You're going to support the CBF." Right. That's yeah. That's it. And and you know, keep in mind, this is not the Kentucky Baptist Convention cannot tell any church, you know, you are no longer a church. That's not what they say. Is we we're not in friendly cooperation anymore. It means they will not seat the messengers, and they just say, I, if we're gonna keep that, this is sort of the breaking point. We cannot keep moving forward together. So we're gonna have to say we're we're gonna have to say this is it. Yeah, and you may be wondering at home, you know, how many churches this affect? I mean, there's a couple thousand churches in the KBC. It's only 25 to 30. 
Okay. So 25 yeah. KBC-affiliated churches had given financial support the past two years to both. There's about 13 others that have supported the KBC in the past, but not, uh, but not recently. That, yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, it's it's not a huge group of churches. It's right. about two to three dozen. They're saying, look, you know, make up your mind. Right. And those 13 churches, in the name that, of Jesus. <laughs> those 13 churches that haven't supported in the last few years that are listed also as CBF partnering churches, they wouldn't have been seated anyway because they hadn't yeah. given. They hadn't so, partnered. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On to some SBC 18 news, Amy. Um, speaking of SBC 18, I got to talk to the guys over at the, the executive committee. They looks like they've changed the, the hashtag. What? So they've no. changed it to SBC AM 18, it looks like. So I, I've got to figure out what's going on with that. Um, they're like oh, the only people using so that. Oh, this is so confusing. Oh, yeah. no. So well, I've I gotta already check told people. I've already told people well, SBC well, it's 18. been the same way for about eight years. So right. If this we, I guess starts we just kind of assumed. by the end of the week, because you remember we always have the one that there's an SBC 18 and then an SBC 2018, SBC 2018 and people yeah. are afraid to not be in both of them, so they put both. If we end up with three hashtags at the end, I'm going to be so sad. That takes up too much space. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. But at the same time, you just got an extra 140 characters for this year that you didn't have last year, so Fair point. Live. Fair point. All right, on to the uh, the news here. Don Currents to be renominated as the SBC Registration Secretary. He was elected for his first term last year and is looking to continue that. He will be nominated by his pastor, Philip Burden, uh, who's the pastor of First Baptist Church, Ozark, Missouri, just north of Branson, the greatest place in America. I've never uh, been. Also, uh, the Credentials Committee and the Tellers were announced this week, as well as an ethnic and, and uh, gender breakdown of the appointments. Uh, so we're not going to run through all the names, but uh, we do want to park on the uh, the ethnic breakdown of the appointments. Amy, uh, a lot lower than we kind of maybe wanted in, in some areas. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but it, it is not due to uh, there not being candidates. It's just some people aren't coming, and there are just certain numbers of people who are nominated for this. So you kind of have to go with what's given. I right. Guess. It 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 can be difficult and sometimes it is difficult if if people are not planning to attend. Yeah. You have um, to be at the the convention right. to serve at the convention. Right. Absolutely. Yes. So, what our message always is, come to Dallas, come to Dallas, come to Dallas. That's part yes. of. Yes. Oh, and next year that's going to be come to come Birmingham. Come to Birmingham. Yes. Yeah, don't show up in Dallas next year. Right. Come to Birmingham so, next year. But but this does bring up a point like Amy, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know how to nominate somebody for a position like what we're talking about here, one of these appointments? No, I didn't know that you could. I didn't either. And if you and I don't know, I'm guessing the the majority of Southern Baptists don't really know how to There's nominate people. There's a way people. to do it. We could have been sharing this. But oh, we wow. don't know the way. I had no idea. There, that's part of the issue, I think, here. And, and I tweeted this out this morning. Chad Keck and I were having a little Twitter conversation early this morning about this. I think one of the things is we've got to get to a point where we have a uh, like a website or something that we can publicize for, hey, nominations are open. Send them in. Because, I mean, think of it. We see stuff for housing. We see stuff for uh, kids' registration. We see stuff for a lot of different things. I've not seen one press release. You and I, we read Baptist Press every day, 365 days a year, even when they don't publish. We're probably on the website. I get the email. I get the email. Yeah. That's true. That too. I get the email every but, day. That's what I'm saying. We don't publicize this. So he said that, uh, you know, he had about 200 names, 25% were non-Anglos. All right. So he got recommendations. Yes. But we, we've we never seen, like, I, I bet a lot of people would have recommended people. So we've got we've to kind of widen the net here 
in right. the future, I think. Right. I think that, you know, so it, it's partly on us. It's our fault. Yeah, because we're, we're not, not nominating. People. Well, we need to do better about that. So we do. next year, so come next to year, Birmingham and nominate people, and we will like publicize yeah. how to do that. We, we, we will. Okay. So we'll find out how to do that, and, and I'll nominate some people too. I'm on it. I may nominate you, Amy. Um. Well, no. For, I have, for the assistant parliamentarian. I don't know if that takes nominations, but I'm excited to be doing that again this year. So Okay. All right. Well, I didn't get nominated for anything. But I can't really do anything. Maybe, maybe so. one day. It's probably a good thing not for you me can to dream. Be nominated. You can, can dream. dream. Yes. A dream to dream, and time gone by. All right, moving um, on. Yes. No ties, casual attire for the Dallas Heat. Texas Heat. Hey, and I'm wondering if this is going to be like a standard thing. Because are we ever going to go anywhere where the heat won't be an issue? I mean, even when we were in like Columbus, it was still pretty warm. It was very hot. Yeah. And I don't Baltimore. Know. Yes. I mean. Are we ever going to be somewhere where it's, I mean, it's, we're holding the thing in June, so it's yes. hot in June. It's cold in December. You know, yeah. it's one of those kind of things. That's and just I, how the world works. And I get, and I know this is really important. These, At least half the world. I know these stories are really important for men. I dress the same no matter what. I guess this does mean I can wear sandals where maybe I wouldn't have felt as comfortable. You would have to wear like closed-toed shoes, yeah. Right, right. So when I read this, it says no neckties. I think sandals. I wasn't so. planning on wearing a necktie anyway. Right. So. So, and neither but was that's, I. But, but, it, but it's good. And these releases are good because they help people to know. I mean, a lot of times yeah. folks go and they don't know how to how they should pack. I mean, sometimes you, so. you get, you know, the week before SPC annual meeting and you don't know what to pack. Right. And you have to call somebody and you have to get help to know what to pack. Yes. Not so that I've been there before. Men, so. Uh, yes. So feel free no, do, to not wear a necktie. Business casual attire for the platform which means that if you're not on the platform, business casual attire, um, go right Shorts ahead. Shorts and a t-shirt. Nope. I, don't do that, please. Don't do that? Jonathan, okay. no. All right. Well, we got some news from Southeastern, Amy. You got some new faculty members. Yeah, this is an exciting release. We've, we've been holding on to this for a, a little bit, kind of gathering all of the uh, the people for the, the one story. But four new faculty hires. Uh, Julia Bickley is coming as full-time assistant professor for ministry to women and associate dean for graduate administration. She is coming from Memphis, where she's been at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, she is fantastic. We're so excited. I can't wait for her to get here. Uh, she's, uh, we've already had, we had a great meeting a few weeks ago with, um, a lot of women and, uh, some folks, Kathy Litt and Kelly King came on campus. Uh, we got to, to talk to Jen Wilkin by Skype and then some of the ladies, uh, here at Southeastern to just think through the future of that program. Um, the best way to prepare, uh, to prepare students for ministry to women. So that, that was really exciting. And so Dr. Bickley is going to be incredible. Then Ben Holloway, a full-time instructor of philosophy and history of ideas, uh, which is a, a major program in our college. And Jason Williamson uh, is going to be part-time associate professor of business and entrepreneurship for a program that's really getting uh, started at the college at Southeastern. Uh, we have a lot of students very interested in that. And uh, Jason Williamson is is pretty, uh, pretty incredible just in sort of his gifts in the area of IT. Um, 
And then uh, Otto Sanchez, and that one got a lot of play. He is going to be visiting professor of preaching and pastoral ministry. He uh, serves as a a pastor in uh, the Dominican Republic, and he is the president of uh, the seminary down there that we partner with through our our GTI. But they have so many students uh, that go through that, um, and he teaches them and then teaches a lot of others in our Hispanic leadership a development program that this is just, it, it was enough. He's doing so much uh, with Southeastern that really being a visiting professor was just the, the natural thing. Uh, and he is an incredible. I love, we were in the DR last year and then uh, he's visited campus. Um, and so I love his whole staff. They're amazing. And uh, this is just a big, it was a big deal, big week for us. Very excited. All right. Also big in North Carolina this past week, Mark Harris former pastor at First Baptist Church in Charlotte, defeated uh, the incumbent Robert Pittenger in a primary election, 49-46, with some others receiving votes in the Republican primary to become the Republican nominee for that congressional spot uh, this fall. That's right. Uh, He resigned that pastorate last year uh, so he could, could focus on this. And uh, this is kind of a big deal to defeat the incumbent. So we'll have to see what happens in the general election this fall. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I know this was a a big primary week, you know, across the nation. Several primaries this past week uh, for Congress uh, as well as Senate and and different things. So kind of keep an eye on that. Another uh, Southern Baptist in the political realm. Down to Florida, Amy. Uh, We talked a couple weeks ago about the Illinois Baptists and their effort to uh, kind of one big day, you know, baptism type thing. And then Florida Baptist did the same thing. 1,100 baptisms My goodness. Uh, were celebrated on May the 6th. That's incredible. There's a great picture uh, of Tommy Green uh, there at the beach because obviously it's Florida, so they can do a lot of that. Well, it was beach baptism. Beach baptism. They, they, they wanted emphasis. to make it beaches and baptism, beach and lake baptisms. That's not fair. You know, We don't get to do that. Much. Well, we don't have beaches in Tennessee. I mean, our church in <laughs> our, when when we lived in Nashville uh, before we moved to Wake Forest, our church there did this did creek baptisms. Yeah. So I mean, you can't. They also would do baptisms in the church at times. Had a, a kind of a tub that they would bring in for that. But we had one day every uh, end of the summer where it was a lot of creek baptisms. So I guess you got you got water where you got it. You could go to Nashville Shores and do a beach baptism there. Well, yeah, you could. You could there at the lake, I guess so. Not quite the same as uh, right. Tommy Green standing out in the, I don't know if that's the Gulf or the Atlantic Ocean, but yeah, but that's either way. Really, really exciting. And um, this is a great story, the Baptist Press story. We'll throw that in the show notes just so that you can see, because it's not just these great pictures, but it's also mentioned some uh, some of the individuals. And every single story uh, is is incredible. These professions of faith uh, just really show the work of God and the lives of people. Um, but 1,100, that's tremendous. Yes, and uh, also some news this week from Sutherland Springs. Frank and Sherry Pomeroy, uh, who will be joining us at the annual meeting. I think Sherry's involved uh, with the uh, the women's conference, the Pastor Wives Conference on that Monday. Frank will be at the Pastors Conference. Uh, they had the groundbreaking for the new building at First Baptist Sutherland Springs. Uh, we've talked about that. Even Ted Cruz, senator from Texas, uh, was in attendance and spoke at the event. It's really great, important to see them uh, picking up the pieces. I know we're going to hear from Frank Pomeroy at the Pastors Conference uh, to, to know a little bit more about this. But out of such a difficult story, um, we, we see some glimmers of hope. 
Yes, we do, Amy. Uh, it's been great to see how they uh, have uh, moved the past, you know, eight months or so uh, after that tragedy. Uh, just a, a great leadership by the Pomeroys down there in Sutherland Springs. Over to Lifeway, Amy, we've uh, once again been named one of the top employers. Uh, second straight year made the Forbes America's Best Midsize Employers lists. Uh, we're in the top 500. It ranked at number 196. So Absolutely I deserved. agree that Lifeway is a great place to work. I work there, and it's, it's fantastic. Yes, I tell everyone that because uh, my time there, I just loved. I think it's a wonderful place to work. And uh, so anytime that someone asks me, people come around a lot and say, I'm thinking about applying to work for Lifeway. What do you think? And I tell them every time Lifeway is an amazing place to work. And uh, this just confirms it. A couple of news stories from colleges this week. The Howard Payne president, uh, Dr. Bill Ellis, announced his retirement as president. He'll move into a chancellor role effective May 31st. Also, at Judson College down in Alabama, they're seeking a uh, president uh, to replace David Potts. He has led the school since 1990, uh, passed away on March 28th at the age of 66. Uh, so they are starting the process to find his successor. And finally, uh, we, we talked, I think, about the Ray Van Ness appointment over at Union as the uh, dean of the Theology and Missions School to succeed Nathan Finn. Well, Hunter Baker has been named the Dean of the College of Arts and Sciences. Yeah, this was a big announcement. They have a lot uh, a lot going on at Union. So Hunter Baker um, is Associate Professor of Political Science, has done a lot of different things. He's been uh, to Southeastern to speak before. Uh, really, really uh, compelling speaker. And this is exciting. This is big news for them. And Ray Van Nest, uh, I've, I've met him years ago when he came, was a visiting professor at Southern Seminary for a, a January term, I think. And, uh, just very, very, uh, talented, uh, talented faculty there. And so these are great announcements. And, uh, finally, we went to, uh, there was a story this past week. I think we mentioned it on the podcast last week. It was my resource of the week. It was just to pray for Dave Miller. Right. Uh, there is a story with the more of the details about that. That's a funny in story. Baptist Press. That's a, that's it's a funny about story. His, it's about his having cancer, and you're saying it's a funny story? Because it puts his tweets in there that okay. were really funny. And so it was, uh, I thought, I thought that was, that was neat. So he he had tweeted gratitude, but then he also live tweeted uh, some things leading up to the surgery, and uh, and that just shows because Dave is very funny. I love yeah. to, to. He read has some kept a, an air of levity about right. this. He has a great sense of humor, and he's just. I I thought it was very funny. Based on the pain I'm experiencing, I have made the decision to never have my spleen and gallbladder moved again. That's just, it, it's just very dry humor and I like it. So it got, got me tickled, but people were tweeting that out about, um, it was above a retirement story for, uh, a, a couple from Hannibal LaGrange and everyone said apologies to Robert and Martha Bergen, uh, that they had to have all of these silly tweets above their story. Yeah. They had to share a story with Dave. We're sorry, folks. So we are praying right, well, for Dave, Dave. Yes, we are praying for you, Dave. Hope you get better. Uh, hope to see you in Dallas as well. All right, Amy, that's going to do it for the news. A lot of news we covered this week, uh, but that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. So every year at this time uh, during this week, I always struggle because 
part of me, we even uh, talked about this this week, thinks, well, we should just every year say the Southern Baptist Convention uh, began on this week, but you got to do something different. I mean, you can't do do the same thing all the time. So this is the week, the same week that the Southern Baptist Convention was founded. Uh, they met in Augusta, Georgia in 1845 on May the 8th. And I want to say the vote... I mean, the official vote or the signing was maybe like the 10th. Yes. So that certainly uh, is a is a date that I was just grading some exams. I'm a grader for a Baptist history class, and I was reading that date over and over and over again in essays. Uh, but I wanted to throw in something a little bit different. So I've got a link in there from 1989. And it's just a, it, it's really more than anything, just a very interesting interview. It's pretty lengthy, uh, for these Baptist press releases. It's an interview with, uh, Jerry Vines, who was the SBC president at the time. Um, and the title is Southern Baptists Ready for New Era. Um, and he's talking about, particularly because that was at the end of the decade long, um, controversy that, that, uh, often is referred to as the conservative resurgence. Um, and so kind of reflecting on that, uh, it was the end, end of his first term. He, uh, was getting ready to be nominated for his second term. Uh, but he just kind of talks through what that's been like and then talks through what the future is because of uh, of knowing that they were kind of at the end of this 10-year plan. And so he says at the beginning, to my view, we have settled the debate over the nature of Scripture, so the time is right to move into a new era of growth for our local churches. Um, but it's, it, it's pretty uh, interesting to read to read this, to read this interview at the time, um, as we, as we look back and just to kind of see how he was reflecting. So I would highly recommend it. It's, it's a pretty long, about a two and a half page interview. He talks about, he says, as I indicated, we have certain parameters which are overwhelmingly accepted in Southern Baptist life. These parameters have to do with the nature of scripture. Within those parameters, there is splendid latitude, um, in matters of interpretation. I believe uh, my appointments this year, if I'm elected again, my appointments next year will reflect this, uh, this kind of openness. And he talks about kind of uh, how he was, he was making his appointment. So just sort of that he, he was reflecting on the time and it's a fascinating interview. Very, very worth checking out. So go into the show notes, click on that. Uh, and as always, other stories, just very interesting at the time. So, uh, we're at a point where we're beginning to kind of reflect on the last year, think toward the next. They were doing the same thing uh, 29 years ago this week in SBC history. That's going to move us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is a survey that I want to throw out there. And uh, this is specifically for uh, pastor's wives. So if you are listening and you are a pastor's wife, please go to our show notes and check this out. If you are listening and you are a pastor, please pass this link on to your wife. Um, so there are some parameters for this, though. So it, it any pastor's wife can take this study, particularly if uh, the pastor, if your husband, um, went to one of our six seminaries. But the survey is specifically looking for those where the pastor graduated uh from the years 2012 to 2017. So also oh, new graduates practically. Right, right. Uh but there is a, a 
way for anybody. You know, anybody can do it, but those years are incredibly important. So if you are a pastor's wife and your husband graduated 2012 to 2017 from one of our seminaries, or if you're a pastor and did so, want to pass this on to your wife, um, it would be a, a great, great thing to participate in. One of my closest friends in the world, Tara Dew, wife of Jamie Dew, uh, dean of the college at Southeastern, this is for her EDD dissertation. Uh, so she's doing a project on the preparedness of SBC pastors' wives for ministry. And, um, and so this is just to kind of help get a handle on what on what we're doing in our seminaries to help prepare pastor's wives. Because I've been a pastor's wife. When you're out there, you are sometimes just as much in the thick of sort of the day-to-day ministry as your husband is. And so just ref- just thinking through uh, what our seminaries are doing. And we're all do- and all of them are doing a lot of things. And so uh, Tara is doing a study on how effective that is. And uh, so please, if you, uh, fit the, if you fit the parameters of that, go to our show notes, click on that, uh, check it out. It doesn't take that long. Some great questions on there. All right. My resource of the week is going to be, actually, it's two things. It's, it's two events at the SBC. Uh, we've talked about one before, the ERLC pre-conference over at the Village Church on June uh, the 8th and 9th which will have a, a host of speakers, including uh, your boss, Danny Aiken, will be there, yes. Amy, uh, and and some other friends of the pod, uh, Juan Sanchez, Susie Hawkins, Dabidi Anyabwile, Jen Wilkin, J.D. Greer, Kevin Ezell, Steve Gaines, Dr. Moeller, Matt Chandler, and Dr. Moore will be speaking at that. Uh, so if you're going to be in Dallas early, sign up for that. Uh, I think the, they've got it, it's only like 20 or 30 bucks to go to this pre-conference with all these folks. So uh, you get some swag as well. So check that out. And then also... The evening before the convention starts, that's the Monday night after the pastor's conference at 9 o'clock, it's going to be a uh, free discussion panel on gospel sexuality in a Me Too culture. So that's something we've talked a little bit about here on the podcast today, the, the Me Too movement and just how we navigate you know, our words and our actions uh, right. when it comes to uh, sexuality and, and uh, sexual assault and abuse and harassment. Uh, but also domestic violence, pornography, and infidelity. Those are also going to be subjects that will be discussed there. That's going to feature Trillion Newbell, James Merritt, and Jamie Ivey. So uh, some some different names on that panel. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. That would uh, James Merritt and Jamie Ivey talking about these kind of things. So uh, Jamie's got, if you don't know who Jamie is, she's got a massive podcast. I mean, she does, yeah. Like huge, huge podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a member at the Austin Stone Community Church there in uh, Austin, Texas. But, oh, man, that, that is a huge get for them because that is a massive podcast audience right there. Right. Um, and going to have her there. So uh, excited to have her join us here in Dallas. Uh, and also, you know, Trillian James Merritt as well. Uh, so uh, check that out. Uh, we'll put a link to the story in Baptist Press about both of those events. But if you're going to be there, might as well uh, give it a shot. Check those uh, two events out. Definitely. Um, so closing out our show today, I want to give one shout out. Uh, we do this okay. every now and then. This is not on the script, Amy. I know. So I want to give a shout out to good, good friend of the pod, one of my uh, dearest friends, Lizette Dillinger. Oh, and, I, well, I don't know that name, Amy. I only know a Lizette I'm, Beard. And I'm guessing uh, some of our listeners may not know that name, but that is her name because she got married this week. So yes. I don't know that she's going to listen to the pod uh, this week. Um, She may not hear this, 
because I, you know, because I know things have been really crazy. But those of you out there who know Lizette have interacted with her on Twitter. She's hilarious. Or who uh, know her from her work at Lifeway Research. She will be at the SBC in Dallas. Um, so if you see her, tell her congratulations. This has been a big, big year for her um, and a big week. So I just want to give a shout out to her today. Congratulations, Teddy and Lizette Dillinger. All right. Is she going to change her Twitter handle? I saw she changed her name on Facebook already. She did. Um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't talked to her ab- about I mean, the Twitter handle. Ah, it's but just so different to hear go, that name. Go check out. Yeah, you go check out my Twitter page because I, I tweeted, I retweeted a, some picture. There were some pictures that were put on Twitter and I tweeted one of them. Um, so it's it's been a big, exciting week. I've been much more excited about this than I am even about the royal wedding. Uh, so really, really happy for... Oh, that's uh, coming this week, isn't it? Next, yeah, in a week, yeah. Yeah. So, really happy for our our friend. Um, but we'll have to ask her about the Twitter handle. All right. Well, we'll just have to... I guess we'll just wait and see what she starts sweetness at. So Yeah. Um, also, next week, Amy, something to watch for in the, the mainstream news, the capital... Uh, res- recognized capital, embassy, all that stuff in Israel changes to Jerusalem on Monday. Okay. So yeah. uh, that is a, a big news story that we will be seeing a lot of information and press about next week. So a lot going on in the world. Um, we don't really cover a lot of that here on this podcast because we are SBC this week, not world politics this week. That's Amy's other podcast this week in Model Arab League. Oh my goodness. Don't go looking for that. I can only handle one. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we're going to have uh, interviews coming very soon with both presidential candidates, Ken Hempel and J.D. Greer, in the next few weeks, as well as our big preview episode for the SBC dropping uh, somewhere around Memorial Day. So uh, we'll have that out to you. So that's all for us this week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.